It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you that's more like it. Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining me, making me part of your sports listening experience here in Atlanta on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is A to Z. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zino, M A R K Z I N N O. Getting into the Braves here in just a moment. Do want to get to some NFL rumors that I think pertain to the Falcons. Uh, in ways that fans don't understand. We'll get to that coming up here. But we do want to start with the Braves and reminder this segment of the show brought to you by our good friends at betonline.net. But the Braves last night get a win in their huge series with the New York Mets. Return the favor after a 4-1 loss in game one. They take game two, 4-1 to one as well. And it was two big home runs from Matt Olson. Uh, and Travis Darno. no, I'm sorry, and uh, Adam Duvall, rather. Darno was on base. Uh, that give the Braves the 4-1 win. And it was the kind of game that after the first game of this series, you felt like, okay, that's the, the kind of game that you're going to have to win in the playoffs. That's the kind of game you're going to have to show me that you can win. And uh, they returned the favor. They won a close game. Spencer Strider was not great. He certainly was effective. He struck out eight batters in four and two-thirds. I mean, folks, objectively, that's 16 outs and half of them were strikeouts. The kid's phenomenal. Like, he really is phenomenal. Now, he needs to learn to be a little bit more economical. I think that is a big part of his maturation process because he threw 103 pitches through four and two-thirds. Now, you're going to throw more pitches when you strike guys out. And on the flip side, look, David Peterson went five and a third. So, he got two more outs, and he threw 105 pitches. Uh, and, and, you know, <clears throat> that's just kind of what happens. So Spencer Strider continuing to be all the rage, and he should be. But it was really timely hitting last night uh, that sort of got the Braves where they needed to be. A huge home run from Matt Olson in the sixth inning, and it was kind of like Freddie who? Freddie who? You know, that was sort of a little bit of the feeling there uh, when Olson hit that home run. At least it was for me. Uh, you know, and I threw that out there on Twitter, and I, I, I was sort of just poking the bear a little bit. Uh, in that moment, but I, I genuinely felt like that's one of those, hey, do you, you know, you have arrived kind of moments for Matt Olson. It was a big home run in a big series against a great team uh, that you needed to get. And again, the Braves escaped. One of the biggest things that stood out to me about last night uh, was the bullpen, obviously, and how they performed. And again, a lot of this, we talked about this a little bit yesterday about the decisions who, who Brian Snitker decides to go to in certain spots, in high leverage spots and things of that nature. And I want to dissect that a little bit more. But first, a word from my friends on betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball news. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting 
esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net, the fastest, easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. By the way, the Open coming up this weekend. Get on BetOnline.net to follow. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And oh, by the way, we did uh, we did cash another first inning under bet last night with the New York uh, with the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets, and we're probably going to run this three days in a row. Um, and and you know, I, I know I opened the show with good afternoon. Technically, it's good morning because the Braves do play a noon game today. So I wanted to get this done before they play their noon game to kind of talk about everything that happened last night. Um, but regardless, uh, we may run it back again. I got to go check on the numbers. Okay, back to the bullpen here for a second because in Game One. If you go to game one of this series, when the, the, the Mets won four to one, it was a one run game and the and the Braves had finally broken through and made it two to two to one as they headed into the eighth inning. And what I thought at the time was very peculiar because it was Brian Snitker going to Darren O'Day. Uh and Darren O'Day, and I've said this before, I loved him as a player. I covered him in Baltimore. The guy's a lot of fun. He's a really genuine guy. Uh, and there's a lot to like about him. But at this point, that's not the guy I want in a medium to high leverage spot like there was in game one of this series. And uh, if you've been listening to me uh, as I was on Dukes and Bell, and I'm on Dukes and Bell on 92 and the game this whole week, uh, that was one of the things I talked about yesterday during the show is that I was really, really scratching my head at the decision to go to Darren O'Day. And then, of course, he goes to Jackson Stevens in the ninth, and he gives up a home run as well uh, and makes the game what felt like it was fairly unreachable at that point. Now, in this game, and maybe it was because the Braves were trailing 2-1 to one as opposed to leading 2-1. to one. I, I mean, you really have to ask uh, Snit these, these specific questions, and obviously I'm not at the, the post-game press conference, so I can't do it. But, you know, now he's got a 2-1 lead heading into the seventh, and it's a lot different. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, he goes to Tyler Matzik uh, in a high leverage spot in the fifth inning after a triple from Francisco Lindor uh, had given them a one nothing lead. That's more of the guy you feel like should be there based off of his performance from last postseason, based off of how much trust he has, based off of what he's done this year. Matzik feels like the guy you want in that spot. And so he cleans up the rest of the fifth and gets all the way through the sixth. And then the Braves score two more runs and make it uh, make score two runs and make it a two to one lead, right? And then he goes to Colin McHugh, and Colin McHugh, another high leverage guy that they brought here this offseason to pitch in these spots, to pitch in these moments, and he goes two full innings, shuts it down. And then it's four to one, and, and Minter comes in and gets a save. But it's those sort of moves that change the scope of the game. If they had to go to somebody other than Matzik and McHugh out of the jump and had to go to somebody else in that bullpen right now, do you get the same results? Hard to know one way or another, but it's just those kind of decisions as a manager that ultimately will decide, you know, how effective your team is in the most critical spots. I have often, prior to the World Series winning situation with the Braves, I was often critical of, of Brian Stenica's handling of the bullpen. And I always thought that was fair. And I know a lot of people thought it was fair and questioned the way he managed bullpen. It's the one thing you question about every manager. How do they handle a bullpen? Well, 
some people, you know, like to resort to the fact, well, the guy didn't get the job done. It's on the guy. It's not on the manager. Yeah. But there are guys you're putting in certain spots and guys you don't put in other spots. So there's that. Let's see how game three of this series unfolds today. Uh, hoping for another good game. Uh, probably another sellout at Truist Park again. All right, coming up, uh, a bit of NFL rumors that are out there that may come true later today, but it could affect the Falcons. We'll tell you how. Coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Be right back. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Check out the entire Locked On Sports Atlanta network. It's A to Z. That's this show. Hitting hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Wins, Jarvis Davis, and Tanitra Batiste. Don't forget about our Braves postcast. It's been awesome after these first two games in the series against the Mets. Make sure you follow in this final game today. And, of course, Locked On Falcons and Locked On Hawks. Okay. Now, uh, there was a rumor floating out yesterday. Uh, most of it circulating around the city of Cleveland, that the punishment for Deshaun Watson may come down and may be four to six games for him. Okay. Uh, and on the surface, you know, that seems light. And I've said this repeatedly about the whole thing, that the NFL has to do this tough balancing act. I shouldn't even call it. T- it's a self-inflicted tough balancing act. But they have to do this balancing act about optics versus what, may play out in the legal system versus uh, what is fair versus what is consistent with what they've done. And the NFL has shown no consistency when it comes to violence against women or sexual crimes, sexual assault crimes against women. They've shown no consistency whatsoever, other than repeatedly they are telling you they don't really give a rip about women. Um, and they know that they make up about 47% of their audience, but they they genuinely don't care. Uh, they, they have no desire to get into the game of making a hardline stance against violence against women, because if they did, they would be throwing the book at every single one of the the players in the league who does something and they don't. So uh, from that standpoint, they still have to handle this thing with Deshaun Watson and figure out, you know, what seems appropriate. Just again, for some framing, you know, remember Ben Roethlisberger got six games. He was never charged. Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott got six games. He was never charged. So you're at this precedent here where Deshaun Watson has never been charged with a crime, uh, despite what's going on in a civil court. He's never been charged with a crime. What is the appropriate punishment? And we read reports that, you know, it was up to a year that the NFL was asking for, and the NFL PA was asking for zero games, this, that, and the other. Okay, where I go with all this as it pertains to the Falcons, if he gets six games, one, I think it's light. Uh, Two, I think the optics are terrible. But three, measure it up against some of the other punishments. and Calvin Ridley got a year suspension for betting while on injured reserve, <laughs> doing mobile gambling while on injured reserve, betting on the NFL. Uh, and Deshaun Watson, who has been uh, allegedly accused, well, has been accused of alleged crimes of sexual misconduct against 22, 4, 60, whatever it is, different women. Does that seem like any of that is fair? You have one guy who went on his phone. And went, okay, Jacksonville plus six, 50 bucks, send. Uh, and and the other guy who deliberately messaged women, had sexual relations with these women, uh, some of them felt that it was inappropriate. It's, I mean, like, just think of the litany. Go read any of the, the stories out there written about what Deshaun Watson was asserted or alleged to have done. And you're sitting here going, a year? Replacing a bet? And six games for all that? Now, as much as grossly on the surface that seems unfair and unequitable, 
there is a certain amount of uh I, there's a large difference in these crimes okay there is uh and and you can't underscore that and and i want to dive into it here in a second but at first a word from our friends at blue nile Com. You know, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece at all the prices that you won't find at a traditional jeweler. You know, there are two parts to the business wedding jewelry and everyday fine jewelry. There's two different parts of this business. And one is wedding jewelry. The other one's fine jewelry. You know, and, and, and you need to understand the difference between the two. And BlueNile.com is a great place to go. So whether you're ready to pop the question or whether you're celebrating this milestone moment, find a jeweler as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. They have simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft a perfect engagement ring. Each one is one of a kind. Or, you know, they can make that memorable gift for that perfect situation perfect moment make that moment sparkle with jewelry from bluenile.com and locked on sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more this podcast podcast exclusive engagement use the code locked on that's code locked on plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever peace go to bluenile.com today there's a huge difference between what Calvin Ridley did and what Deshaun Watson did. And the difference simply is this. Calvin Ridley's is an integrity of the game issue. If you if you remember the movie, uh, The Longest Yard, the, the newer version with Chris Rock and Adam Sandler and, uh, you know, all the NFL players and Nelly, Mike Earl Irvin's in it and everything else and Goldberg. Um, there's a scene where, and you have to go back and look for this, but there's a scene where, the guy, Paul Cruz, played by Adam Sandler, first gets to jail and he meets Chris Rock, you know, the long his name is caretaker in there uh, inside. And he shakes his hand and he looks at him, he goes, point shaving? And he says something to the effect of, he goes, you could have threw your mama down the steps. You could have hurt animals. You could have done a whole bunch of other stuff. But point shaving, that's just un-American, man. And so that's the general sentiment that point shaving and gambling and doing anything to affect that part of the game of things that go on on the field is completely never going to be okay. And you'll always be ostracized. If you mess with the integrity of what goes on on the field, there is no greater crime in the eyes of management because that product on the field is what is the golden egg, right? That's the golden goose that laid the golden egg. That product on the field is what we all forget all the other crap for. It's why we can forget uh, deflated balls and, and, uh, hitting women and and a whole bunch of other things and drunk driving and 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 you know PED failure tests we can forget all those things but if you mess with the product on the field you will never get a pass and some would say you should never get a pass now you know i genuinely think as someone who's an avid sports gambler and someone a big proponent of sports gambling that as long as you don't bet on your league and that calvin ridley did i would just say just don't bet on you can bet on if you're a football player bet on baseball tennis golf basketball whatever you want i mean go ahead and gamble it's fine it's it, it's not a sin despite with people in the state of georgia will tell you um I, I think that's totally fine i just think it's clear it's a bad decision 
if you want to gamble to do it on the sport of the NFL, right? Because there's just no way, even if you don't play for that team, it's not like you can't be friends with somebody on another team and have information. It's, it, it's a bad look all around. There's no way to keep it clean. But still, gambling itself should not be anything that prohibits you from this, this uh, scarlet letter that Calvin Ridley now has to wear. But he did bet on football, and he admitted it. So that's the real difference. And as much as Deshaun Watson, in my mind, deserves to be punished for at least a year, um, you can't really compare the two crimes, and you shouldn't. Coming up next, uh, we will wrap things up here on A to Z, hand out a shovel of wisdom, and get you guys out of here. Ready for the Braves-Mets game coming up later today. It's A to Z right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Be right back. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Of course, follow our entire network at Locked On ATL. Before we get to some important Falcons notes, I have to hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. That's right. We like to hit somebody right upside the head with a metaphorical shovel. Set them straight after saying and doing something stupid. And you can do so as well on my Twitter account, at Mark, at Mark Zeno. Use the hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to Martin Slumbers. You don't know who Martin Slumbers is. Uh, and I didn't know the name either until I had read the story. But uh, RNA chief executive, Martin Slumbers. You know, Royal Andrews, uh, the, the, where the Open is coming up, the 150 Open Championship. Of course, he was. Uh, uh, asked about live golf and um i i'm not sure where everybody is going with this and what they don't understand about why live golf is actually good for the game um here's the thing tiger's star is fading okay and there is no more major draw in golf the way tiger is now i know he's going to play at the open People are going to watch him, and, and I'm not debating Tiger's, you know, uh, viability as a popular star on tour. I will always debate his current version of the golfer that Tiger Woods is 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 a waste. Um, he, he's not going to win another another major. He's, he just doesn't have it anymore. Um, but the the RNA chief executive Martin Slumbers said the following thing when asked about live. Quote, I firmly believe that the existing golf ecosystem is successfully provided stable pathways for golfers to enter the sport, develop and realize their full potential. Professional golfers are entitled to choose where they want to play and to accept the prize money that's offered to them. I have absolutely no issue with that at all, but there's no such thing as a free lunch, close quote. You do have an issue with it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be complaining about it and wouldn't be backing the current ecosystem because this is a different ecosystem, one that is challenging yours. I don't understand why nobody can wake up and recognize that this alternate ecosystem, this other tour is good. It, it doesn't hurt the game. And if you guys were smart, you would figure out a way, much like the Ryder Cup, much like the President's Cup, whatever it may be, to challenge PGA golfers versus live tour. Beat them on the course. Right? Go back to Happy Gilmore. That's right. I'm going to beat your ass on the course. Go beat them on the course and prove that the PGA has the superior golfers. Set up an event. Everybody will make money. Everybody. You can have 
another tour and have it succeed. You have two lacrosse leagues. You now have two football leagues. You have multiple basketball leagues. Like, what is the big deal? I don't understand the pushback to live. Oh, well, they didn't do it my way. Screw your way. Things are different. College athletes now get name, image, and likeness deals. Didn't happen 30 years ago. They didn't do it my way. So what? I get over yourselves, folks. I don't understand. I, I do not understand the resistance to live golf. What is the big deal? Nobody has to do it the way you did it. It's okay if they take a different path. If somebody wants to pay a below-average golfer millions of dollars to suck at golf, what is it your problem? I wish I, I wish somebody would pay me to suck at golf. I do suck at golf, comparatively speaking. But no one's no one. If the live tore it off me money right now, psst, see ya. I locked on Sports Atlanta. Going to play golf. Deuce. I'm going to continue to rail against this, and, it, and it's going to uh, really bother me. For quite some time going forward, uh, it, 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 uh, it's mind blowing to me. Right, let's get to the Falcons here in a minute. First, a word from our friends at Coffee AM, one of the greatest coffees you'll ever have. They are locally roasted and shipped on the same day or very close to it. Guys, I love Coffee AM. The package comes to my house, man, and just you open the box. Not ah, fantastic coffees from across the world, a huge selection. Expertly crafted blends, espressos, flavored coffees, gourmet teas, all roasted right here in our backyard in Atlanta. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. Uh, and, I mean, when I say coffees all over the world, guys, I had a coffee from Sumatra, from Kenya, from everywhere I never thought I'd drink coffee from. And it's all fantastic. It is fabulous. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on today. Take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15% off all of your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Okay, Atlanta Falcons. Um, great column by Josh Kendall today in The Athletic. And I talked a little bit about this on local radio here in Atlanta on 92.9 yesterday about the defense and, and how this thing gets better. But Josh Kendall had a great column today in The Athletic about the defense and particularly the secondary. Um, you know, strong defenses are always built up the middle. Um, and while Dean Peace and linebackers coach Ted Monachino haven't found their guy in the middle yet, I think they found him last year a little bit in Foyer Aluakon, who's now departed. Um, and as great as A.J. Terrell and Grady Jarrett are, they're missing – you know, two key pieces, one at linebacker, and the other one really is at safety. Uh, and this is really curious because, you know, Eric Harris, who is here, was brought here last year um, to sort of be a mentor. Uh, and they brought him back this year that uh, with the idea that he would sort of cede to some of the younger guys that they had drafted, particularly Richie Grant, who really is one of the – um, test cases for the validity of Terry Fontenot's scouting, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith's scouting slash drafting abilities going forward because he's the guy that they have in here that was the 40th overall pick that they expect to uh, take over as the lead safety. But for this defense, you know, and, and again, Josh Kendall does a, an amazing job of pointing this out. In the game against the Buffalo Bills last year, 
Um, Pease had Terrell follow Stephon Diggs all over the field. And what did Terrell do? Exactly what we thought he would do. He limited Diggs to five catches on 52 yards. But the rest of the offense gained 351 yards, posted 28 first downs, and the Bills won the game by two touchdowns. Uh, and I say all that to say that when it comes to the rest of the defense, clearly there are issues outside of the two biggest players and everybody else. But when you you have Terrell doing what he's able to do, if you can have a back end that doesn't allow big plays, if you can have a back end that that sort of puts the top on the defense and keeps it on there and doesn't allow the offense to take the top off the defense, you're going to be a much more effective team. And if that's the one area this year that the Falcons can improve in, if that's the one area where they show market improvement on defense, the results of that are tangible. You're not a team, you're not an offense that gives up 450 yards on the regular to opposing teams. You're, you're not a defense that that allows you know 80-yard touchdown plays to happen on the regular. You're a defense that actually can stop somebody. And that, I think, is super important. So I'm curious as we go into camp to see how this goes, but watch the safety position between Eric Harris uh, and Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins and whoever else is there that is supposed to develop. That's the other key position that I think in the secondary is really going to matter the most this year as it pertains to the defense. Um, look, if they, if they can't stop the run, they're going to get gashed regardless. I don't care who your safeties are. Uh, but I'd almost rather a team run over me because – it's hard to put up a ton of points quickly when you run the football. Passing the ball, you can score in 10 seconds. So running is more of a slow death, and at least your team has a chance to stay in the game a little bit longer. Just a, just a thought and a different way to look at it. All right, that'll do it for us today here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Of course, we're free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back tomorrow, and we'll uh, put a bow on this Braves-Mets series and a whole lot more. You guys have a great Wednesday. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.